Welcome to Healing 101, the mini bite-sized episodes that are bursting full of information from leading experts and doctors who are here to help us understand difficult topics and teach us about the various ways we might be able to improve our mental health. The point of these episodes is to educate you about different mental health disorders and therapies that you may never have heard of before, because ultimately, the more people know, the more people we can help on their healing journeys. Welcome to a captivating episode featuring Madeline Magistrado, a registered art psychotherapist and clinical supervisor with over 11 years of expertise. Madeline is a specialist in child and adolescent mental health and provides transformative one-to-one art therapy for children, teenagers and adults. In this episode, Madeline sheds light on the world of art therapy, offering a glimpse into the profound impact creative expression can have on mental well-being. As we explore the realm of art therapy, she answers fundamental questions. What is art therapy? What unfolds in a typical session? Maddie discusses the reasons why people turn to art therapy and also talks about the spectrum of conditions that art therapy can effectively address. Maddie shares her perspective on the accessibility of art therapy and its potential to benefit everyone, regardless of their artistic inclination. Join me as I uncover the power of art therapy and discover how it serves as a profound tool for mental and emotional healing. To start with, what exactly is art therapy for those people who aren't familiar with it? So art therapy, otherwise known as art psychotherapy, is a form of psychotherapy where clients use art and making art to express, communicate and explore their difficulties in the presence of a qualified art therapist or art psychotherapist. Now, it's understandable that it's often confused with the therapeutic arts, and I think it's especially necessary to kind of distinguish the two. So especially like in recent years, art therapy has become associated with things like colouring books or making art to help people express themselves or feel calm. Though we do do that in art therapy, we do make the art therapeutically. It's in the presence of a qualified therapist that makes it art therapy. So today we're talking specifically about visual and tactile art therapy as opposed to things like drama, music or dance and movement therapy. What does an art therapist actually do and what do people do in a typical art therapy session? It depends on if it's an individual or a group or with a child or an adult. So it depends on um, those factors on how the session is run. So for an individual, for example, the session is usually held in a confidential room. It's free from any interruptions. The room itself will have at least a table and two chairs with a range of art materials available for the client. And ideally, depending on the setting, there'll be a range of sort of wet to dry materials. So things like acrylics, poster paints to things like mixed media, card glue, and then ideally clay or something similar. If the therapy is for a child or young person, there might also be a range of toys or games like Lego or a doll and doll's house available. So when making art, it can be quite playful. So it's very similar to play and therefore art can sometimes cross into the realms of play and playing or even storytelling. Now, sessions are usually about 45 to 50 minutes long, but they can be as short as 30 minutes. And that depends on whether or not there's a very young child, you know, in the session. But sessions are usually held at the same time of the day, um, the same day of the week, but this can vary depending if it's provided in a school, for example. So when initially someone comes to the session, 
we, you know, they come in and we might talk about how their week has been since we last had a session. And this gives the client an opportunity to bring something up if they want to. But, you know, the beauty of art therapy is that clients don't have to talk if they don't want to. And so then the client will then move on to making art and the therapist is, you know, observing while they're making the art. Sometimes the therapist might make art alongside the client if that's appropriate, but that's not always appropriate. Um, sometimes the client and therapist talk whilst the client is making art, but a client might choose not to talk or they might actually just talk the entire time and not make any art at all. And all of those things are okay. As a therapist, I follow the lead of the client. As much as it's about the process of art making, it's really also about the process of connecting with the therapist. So though we do look at the, the actual piece of art that's being made or not made in the session, the client might choose instead just to kind of sit and be and just to talk without actually doing anything or just to make art without actually talking. The client's choices are respected. And I think that's a really important part of any psychotherapy. So that's why we have a range of art materials, because we we respect the choices that the clients make in those sessions and how they make something. There really isn't a right or a wrong in art therapy. And I think that's really important for people to understand. And, you know, when they're doing art making, I think it brings up a lot of sort of feelings of worry that you have to do something in a certain way when it comes to art. And that's just not true. Really, there is no right or wrong way in therapy. My job really as a therapist is to help clients feel safe and listen to, to feel seen, to not feel judged, and to also think about with the client what they might be communicating through either what they're making or their behavior or their actions in the therapy. What I don't do as a therapist is I, I don't tell clients what to do or interpret the work that they're making because it's my job to sort of help guide the client in thinking about what they're bringing up, what they're bringing to me, what they want to talk about or what they want to show me. So it's my job really to help clients to grow their confidence and ownership of their choices but sometimes it does happen clients get a bit stuck and so if they do as a therapist I might gently introduce something like an activity or a theme to sort of help things along if the therapy itself is like uh, in a group that is very similar to the individual but groups are usually about one and a half hours and again, the materials are there. There's a, like a range of materials and people take turns in talking about what they've made. Although, again, if a client chooses not to share that with the rest of the group, that's absolutely fine. When I was in treatment with other girls with eating disorders and, and people with OCD, there's that tendency to want to create the perfect piece of art and to be all neat and tidy. Whereas sometimes actually it's yeah. just like letting the lid off and being Jackson Pollock for two hours and just splashing paint on the surface and not really caring about Absolutely. the outcome. And I think that's quite often where the healing can happen and occur. And you suddenly realize, actually, I've created beauty out of the chaos in my head and it can really help externalizing that, which I think is part of the benefit of art therapy. 
Absolutely. I think that's the beauty of art therapy is that, you know, clients can, every every single client that comes into a session, they all have different reasons for being there. There might be similarities, but there are different reasons and there are different people. And the way that they express themselves is going to vary between people. So as you, as you mentioned, when you were doing art therapy, and I'm glad that you got the opportunity to do that, is that you got the sort of opportunity to feel what it was like to not worry about the future, to not worry about the mess, to kind of accept that emotions can be messy and to have that be seen and to express that through the art making, not just for yourself, but also to help others in that group because they can also learn from your experiences and you can help each other. And I think that's the beauty of also doing group art therapy. Yeah, so that's a great segue into my next question is how much do you do group therapy versus one-to-one sessions? It depends, really. Again, you know, some people would prefer just doing the one-to-one. Some people might think or might be horrified at the idea of sharing sort of confidential intimate space with other people. So it, it depends on the types of difficulties that people come with um, and also the personality of the person coming to therapy because they might prefer just talking one-on-one with a person as opposed to a group, although the group therapy can also be really helpful. I guess it depends on the resources and who's providing the art therapy. So if it's a charity, perhaps they might be providing a space for individuals, but they could also be a space for groups. Again, it depends on the funding. How do you train as an art therapist? Because do you practice a particular form of therapy or is art therapy in itself a particular form of therapy? Because, you know, we talk about CBT, we talk about NLP, we talk about EXP, RP. We, we have all these acronyms for different forms of therapy, but art therapy is slightly more generic. So what sort of therapy are you giving the client whilst they're maybe creating or not creating, as you say, or they want to talk or they don't? I mean, there, yeah, there are lots of different kinds of art therapies. And though art therapy or art psychotherapy is sort of a generic term, there's lots of underpinning differences between the art therapies, for example. So you can have things like cognitive behavioral art therapy. That is actually a thing. It's not something that's very common, but it is, it, it does exist. You can have things like person-centered art therapy, union art therapy, mindfulness art therapy, or integrative art psychotherapy. Um, And these are all sort of slightly different in the way that they might approach the art therapy. They all use art and art making, but their underpinning theories might be slightly different. The way that I was trained is in something called psychodynamic-based art therapy. And that means that I can help you to reflect and identify sort of the unconscious processes. I can also help you to identify patterns and behaviors or thoughts that might have stemmed from the past, um, from your past experiences, or might be influencing um, or even being reenacted in the present and might be affecting how you view yourself or others or how you interact with other people. So when I trained, I trained at the University of Hertfordshire and I did a master's part-time for three years. And in that time, I I had three different placements. So I I worked with adults and schools and also in the NHS. So I have a range of training. And when I did eventually qualify, I also trained and worked in child and adolescent mental health services as well as different schools. So over the years, my skills have also included thinking about the systems around people. So if we think about children, I mean, even adults, really, children don't grow up in isolation. They grow up in a family. 
they go to school, they have friends, and the system around them is, you know, multi-layered. So for me as a therapist, I'm not only thinking about that individual child, I'm also thinking about what's happening for them outside of the session, within their families, within their schools, within the communities, and you go further and further out within society, and that can influence thinking about their identity, etc., things like that. So the way that I approach things is thinking systemically, but also thinking about interpersonal, but also intrapersonal. So thinking about what's happening inside. I also provide sort of psychoeducation in my sessions. So I, I think about with people about, you know, normalizing that maybe some of the times their reactions and their experiences can be really normal reactions and understandable, you know, that they might feel a certain way and they are understandable emotional and bodily responses to really stressful or difficult and sometimes really extraordinary or, or traumatic situations. Do you prompt your client during the creative process so that you can extract that from them? Or are you purely looking at their work and their creative process in order to read into that and to then give them feedback? So quite often in the therapy, as I mentioned earlier, we're observing and we're not necessarily, so we're not, we're not just watching. We're, we're observing the way that the art is being created. We're observing about how the client might be interacting with the art. We're observing, the, you know, things that they might be doing that might indicate that they might be feeling a certain way. And sometimes we can sort of prompt by talking and asking questions and and seeing where that leads us. But we try as therapists to find a balance between being too intrusive in that sort of creative moment and trying to help a client find their way to give them a voice to what they're experiencing at that time. So Part of my training is also to think about the importance of symbolic and metaphorical communication and gestures because some people just, they're not very confident or haven't been taught how to directly communicate their their thoughts and their needs. So through the therapy together, we start to make sense of what's happening in that moment, depending on if it's a, an emotional moment where a client might be becoming quite tearful or if a client is starting to feel quite angry about something we start to think about what how that's being communicated either through the drawing or through the behavior and then we think about that together hurt to healing has partnered with brown advisory to bring you this podcast brown advisory a global investment management firm is passionate about raising awareness of mental health challenges in order to help people thrive in an ever-changing world. A big thank you to Brown Advisory for supporting my mission. Why do you think it's so important for people to do art therapy or at what point do you think in someone's process can the art therapy be really beneficial because I think in society typically it can be dismissed as an additional extra or something fluffy and that's on top whereas actually it can be a really integral part to someone's healing journey and I know from my own experience being tactile and using my hands and creating something can be incredibly cathartic and therapeutic but the results can sometimes seem a bit intangible if that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, sometimes doing the actual art and having that tangible object there, 
is not only cathartic in the sense that you're able to express how you're feeling in that moment and that you can also touch the artwork. So sometimes often people say, oh, I don't really understand what's happening. It's all very abstract in their minds. You know, we can't read people, other people's minds. So being able to put it down on paper, being able to create something that might convey what you're experiencing in a way that maybe words may not, um, that's when people sometimes really benefit from doing art therapy because they haven't learned how to either process what's happening or they need help processing what's going on internally. And by letting it out and expressing it in the form of painting or creating an object, you're able to really convey to the other person this is what I'm feeling. And even to yourself sometimes, sometimes you might go through that process not really knowing where you're going and suddenly you turn around and in front of you, you've created something that really says in in no words at all what you're feeling. And that's something that you can share with the therapist. But of course, I mean, the, the artwork itself is so subjective and that's why it's really important that, you know, as an art therapist, I'm not trying to interpret it for you because it can be so abstract um, and it can be taken out of context. So the types of people that might really benefit from art therapy are those who who find talking about things really difficult or haven't found the language or haven't developed the language to express themselves. But it can also be really helpful, even if you are articulate and are able to talk about things, to be able to see things differently. As I said, you know, humans are inherently creative. And so if you're able to be given an opportunity to see things differently, that can only be a good thing because that might help you, you know, find the key to why you're in therapy in the first place or find a different way of being. As you say, it can be really beneficial for people who don't like talking as much, but equally for someone like me who often over-articulates and actually doing something different, using a different side of your brain, which you know is the creative part as opposed to the intellectual part, can sometimes just be so beneficial. And do you find that certain conditions are really effectively treated through art therapy or, or is it completely random? I wouldn't say it was random, but I do think that you know there are certain conditions that it can be more helpful for. Generally speaking, as you mentioned earlier, art therapy can be seen as a bit wishy-washy and it, it can help you know, be seen as helping all people. I mean, that's not true. It's not the be-all and end-all of therapy. Um, at the end of the day, it can help people who have a range of difficulties for different reasons. And again, it depends on the reason why you go into therapy. So it can help people from who have mild to more severe mental health and complex mental health difficulties. It can help people who might have, for example, mild anxiety to really severe anxiety, low mood depression, eating disorders, schizophrenia even. Um, it can be really cathartic, as you said, so it can really help people process their experiences. So if you've experienced trauma, um, whether that's a specific uh, traumatic experience or repeated traumas or complex traumas such as abuse or uh, neglect or, or trauma in the sense of sort of man-made or natural disasters, uh, for example, it can also be really helpful then as you know, that you mentioned the tactile nature of art therapy. And we know from the research that trauma in its, of itself isn't just about what you're 
thinking or those imagery in your mind. It's also about what the body remembers. And sometimes what art therapy can do is to really get you in touch with the feelings in your body as much as it is about this, as you mentioned, the cognitive side of things to really help you to get in touch with your body and your mind together. And I think often a possible misconception attached to art therapy is I have to be creative and I have to be good at art in order to do it. And I'm sure that's something that you would firmly disagree with. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to be quote unquote creative. You know, I think that everybody has a capacity to be creative. And I think the unfortunate thing about creativity is that it's associated with things like art, music, drama, dance, when in reality, everyone has a capacity to be creative um, and to think metaphorically. And we can see the research in the cognitive sciences about that, actually. So you don't have to be, quote unquote, good at art. Like I said, art therapy is not about being right or wrong. It's about being there, being who you are, showing up and and just being really and bringing whatever it is that you bring to the session because of that fallacy of, of you having to be good at art or like art to access art therapy. That's why a lot of people don't access it or know about it or get put off when they hear the word art. But the reality is that it kind of brings you to the here and now. I mean, mindfulness has become a bit of a buzzword in recent years, but actually, you know, there is something about being in the present moment. Um, so if you, I mean, if you think about people with anxiety, for example, the way that kind of manifests is that they might be worried about the future, worried about the past, or worried about making a mistake. And art therapy can be really helpful in giving that person an opportunity to experience that actually anything goes it doesn't matter. It does. There's no mistakes, as it were. And, and life's like that. Life can sometimes be filled with rules and worries about, I've got to do things the right way. I've got to do things perfectly. But actually, what art therapy can do is to help show you that things don't have to be perfect. Whatever it is that you bring, whatever single mark it is, is unique to you. And that's important. Everything you make and everything that you do and everything you say in therapy is all important. You are important. And that sort of connection can be really seen in the artwork. And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes people create something and they're completely like, I have no idea what I've made. And sometimes that's okay as well. You know, sometimes it doesn't have to have a meaning. Sometimes it is just about being present and creating something, letting something out, as it were. But sometimes it is about the artwork and sometimes artwork can say so much more than words could ever say. So why is it so often overlooked by psychiatrists and not prescribed on an outpatient basis? Because it is often included in inpatient programs, as we've spoken about. But again, as we've alluded to, it is considered to be fluffy and something that's an additional extra and a bonus. So why is that and how can we make it more mainstream, do you think? Are things changing? Yeah, I think that's a bit of a hard one, I think. Um, But I mean... There are a few layers to that question, really. It's like part of it is if you look at funding and research and how how that's created and, and how the opportunities are provided. But there's also that sort of misunderstanding of what art in and of itself is and the benefits of that. But also if you add to the extra layer of what art is and then what art therapy is, that misconception that art therapy is like an art class or that it's a 
just about making art or it's just for children. Those fallacies are just not true. The importance of the, you know, therapeutic art. So I mentioned maybe earlier that, um, therapeutic arts is different from art therapy. So therapeutic arts is making art therapeutically. So it's helpful sometimes. It makes people feel better. They feel more relaxed, but it's the important part about art therapy is that there's, there is an art therapist there. And the therapeutic arts is becoming more popular. So you might start seeing and you might have heard more that um, there's an increase of social prescribing. So people are saying, go join a choir. You will feel better because you're singing and you're, you're, you're joining other people. And there has been research to show that actually those sort of therapeutic and creative arts can be really helpful in in changing and affecting physiologically things like your your you know blood pressure things like that that understanding is really helpful but i think art therapy in and of itself just hasn't had enough money and funding and research to really show the benefits so people like you pandora who've experienced the power of art therapy it's really important that you're able to kind of give a voice to it and to say to people actually this actually is what art therapy it's not just about art making it's not just about an art class it's not about what the final product looks like it's also about the process and helping other people like researchers and commissioners and everyday people to learn about what art therapy is I think that's all really important and it is changing but it does need a bit more so Madeline I'd love to finish by just asking where and how people can access art therapy how how can they find you how can they find art therapeutic services where would you recommend they go so first and foremost if you do have any sort of mental health or emotional well-being difficulties your GP is always the first person that you should go to because they can help make sure that you're getting the right support because as I said art therapy in and of itself alone may not be suitable for those who have quite severe or complex needs so getting that sort of professional help is really important the GP can um, signpost you to other areas of mental health support but if you do want more information about art therapy itself the British Association of Art Therapists or BAT do have a list of art therapists that work privately that you can approach they can also help find potential therapists for you if you're finding it difficult so you can just send them a message and ask them if there's anyone that they they might know or send out a message to, to art therapists who might be able to help you if you're fortunate enough to have your own resources to fund private art therapists you can easily find those therapists online or through BAT and other platforms um, unfortunately the provision of art therapy services in the NHS really does vary and depends on the NHS trusts and therefore you might also want to look up art therapy services through your local NHS trust I've I did a bit of a search myself to see what you know what kind of services there might be available just say in West London and it's not necessarily very well known but um, at Adult services in certain NHS trusts in West London do actually provide art therapy services for outpatients, but it's not necessarily known and the GPs themselves might not know either. So really having a look and doing your own research can be beneficial. Finally, there are other places like charities that might have their own sort of art therapy program um, depending on what it is that you know you're seeking therapy for so charities like combat stress for veterans or teapot trust for for people who are experiencing enduring chronic um, physical difficulties 
or Studio Upstairs um, and other charities can help um, with helping you gain access to art therapy. I myself am a private practitioner uh, based in Fulham in West London and you can find my details by looking at my website mm-arttherapy.com um, and you'll see that on the website, um, I also provide therapy in schools. So I work not only in West London, but I work in schools within Berkshire and Surrey. Well, Madeline, I mean, it sounds like it, you can help a multitude of people with a wide expanse of issues. And I think what you're doing is incredibly powerful. So thank you for all the work you do and for shining a light on the power of art therapy. Thank you, Pandora. Thank you very much for having me and giving me the opportunity to speak about something that I'm so very passionate about and really, truly believe can help so many people. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing 101. Just a reminder that if you're struggling or in need of someone to talk to, please remember to text SHOUT to 85258. Thank you.